Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Triangles Meditation Group. Today is April 17th, 2023. And as we do each week, let's begin with a brief moment of silence to link with a worldwide group of Triangles members and then sound together the noontime recollection. We know, O oh Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love and give. So for those of you who are new to this webinar and perhaps also new to the work of Triangles, by way of introduction, we'd like to say welcome. Welcome to you, and we hope that you will reach out to us if you have any questions about this work. And if you would like to participate by forming a triangle, or for anyone else on the call who'd like to form a new triangle, you can simply place your name in the chat box, and hopefully two other people on the webinar will agree to form a triangle with you, and then you can hopefully register your triangle with us because we like to keep track of the different triangles workers throughout the world, and also to send some introductory materials to you. And then this webinar is also geared towards providing a platform for those of us who are already members of triangles to come together each week and participate in a meditative visualization in the support and strengthening of the planetary network. Triangles is a simple visualization technique. It's a daily practice using the power of thought and prayer to uplift and transform planetary consciousness during this time of transition and considerable turmoil in our planetary life. Through the work of Triangles members everywhere we help to build a bridge, which might be illustrated here, a bridge in lighted consciousness, lifting up all of the different types of people, the different servers along all the many lines, and creating one united strand or rainbow bridge that connects the spiritual hierarchy, the inner teachers of our planet, with those of us who are working on the outer planes to do what we can to help usher in the new age and the new world that we all hold within our hearts. So it's a daily practice. Three people agree to link each day and visualize a triangle of light between themselves. And then they link with the entire planetary network of triangles. And then as the network is visualized, we sound the great invocation, a world prayer, which is uniquely suited to the distribution of light and love and power throughout the etheric network of the planet, touching all open hearts and minds. So after our meditation today, we have the opportunity to welcome back um, Philip Lindsay, who many of you may know from his website, esotericastrologer.org. 
Um, Philip has a monthly newsletter um, relating to the energies available at any particular time and relating them to the world scene. And so you can contact Philip if you're not already on that list. He's been teaching uh, about esoteric astrology and the ageless wisdom worldwide for over 30 years. And he also works as an astrological counselor. And he has an active Facebook page as well. So um, Philip will be sharing some thoughts on the first ray and its influence in our world today. And I just wanted to highlight again that the visualization and the meditation that we do here each week on the webinar is not the uh, daily practice that Triangles workers participate in. And um, if my coworker Michael is still here, um, perhaps he can post a document which has a sample daily practice for those of you who might be new to this work. Of course, each individual can adapt uh, their daily practice, but this just gives you an idea of how to do the work. And um, we also would like to announce that on this coming Wednesday in London and New York offices of the Lucis Trust, we will be having a new moon meeting. So in London, that meeting will take place at 6.30 UK time. And in the United States, in New York, it will take place at 6 p.m. So we encourage you to participate in those opportunities for planetary service. And also we'll put a link in the chat box for the upcoming New York um, First Arcane School Conference, which is coming up over the time of WASAC. Uh, we'll be having an exact WASAC full moon meditation. So that's a great opportunity to link with the worldwide group. And then the conference extends to uh, May 6th and 7th, Saturday and Sunday following WASAC. So we hope to see as many as possible who can come and participate live in New York. We'd love to see you. And for those who can't, we will be holding the conference also via Zoom. So now as we do each week, let's link with our brief visualization. Linking and visualizing the planet as a sphere of lighted energy. And visualize within that sphere a triangle composed of the three planetary centers. Shambhala, the planetary head center, the spiritual hierarchy, the planetary heart, and humanity, the planetary throat center. Visualize the circulation of energies flowing in all directions around the triangle, merging and blending the three points, filling the triangle with light. Now superimposed upon that triangle, visualize a five-pointed star. This is the star of the world teacher, 
linking east and west, past and future, radiating the energy of love wisdom. Now visualize the three spheres of the three planetary centers coming into alignment, forming just one sphere. This is the sphere of the new group of world servers. Visualize this sphere full of unlimited points of light representing the multitude of groups and individuals working along all lines of endeavor. And now from the center of this sphere, look down upon the planet Earth and see it full of light and aspiration. And as a group, we breathe in and visualize the light within humanity being lifted by the group and projected into the spiritual hierarchy. And visualize a reciprocal response from the hierarchy, visualizing light pouring into the new group and being released through the entire planet. Visualize the energy circulating, releasing light and love to all parts of the planet. Visualize the earth as a radiant center of light within the solar system, taking its place within the sacred planets. And now as we lift our aspiration again towards the hierarchy, we sound the affirmation of light. Radiance, we are and power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamour. We reach into the light and bring it down to meet the need. We reach into the silent place and bring from thence the gift of understanding. Thus with the light we work and turn the darkness into day.
So we're approaching the auspicious time of the year. We're approaching the Waysack Festival, but we're also closer to us at this upcoming new moon, the second new moon in Aries. We have the occasion of a powerful annular solar eclipse. Um, these eclipse points are highlighted uh, in the Bailey teachings as part of the new world religion that's unfolding at this time. In the future, it's said there will be a new world religion that incorporates all of the different paths, all of the different spiritual traditions and religious traditions throughout the world, and that we will all keep the same holy days. Surely each group will have its individual holy days, but as a whole, the holy days will revolve around the full moons, the 12 approaches to divinity, and with the highlighted points recommended by the Tibetan of the Waisak Festival, the Taurus full moon, and World Invocation Day, the Gemini full moon. Those will be the two highlighted points, but he includes within that listing of the important points to be observed by the New World Religion are the two strongest and most potent eclipse points in the annual cycle. So we have one such eclipse point coming up. It occurs in New York at 1.58 a.m. on the 20th, early in the morning, and for many others on Wednesday evening. So we can keep this in our thoughts. We can prepare for it because it is a mass approach. It is part of the most potent observations to be taken into consideration in the spiritual year. So eclipses are really important because they solidify and help to strengthen the merging between different spheres of energy. For example, the Tibetan highlights this in a diagram, this curious diagram that he included for one of his students. He asked his students to, this student to move forward in his spiritual development and to move into what he called the middle place, which is highlighted here. This intersecting point between the Tibetan's second ray ashram and the more potent uh, major second ray ashram of the master Kutumi. And he said that this has obvious parallels with an eclipse where we find a merging and a blending between the sun, the moon, and the earth, but much more um, perhaps importantly, if we think of it as the three planetary centers and a merging and a blending between them, between humanity, hierarchy, and eventually Shambhala. This is the planetary triangle that we work with here. And so when an eclipse occurs in time and space, it's perhaps um, a potent moment for the intersection of these worlds. And we're told that eclipses form a type of opening um, between the worlds 
wherein there is um, a possibility of transmutation, transition, and transformation. New energies pour in, hidden things come to light. So it's, um, it's an opportunity now, especially because we're working with the energy. The eclipse occurs in the energy of Aries, the most potent inlet for the first ray energies, which we'll be speaking about later. But Aries also brings in the seventh ray. It's in both of those what were called ray triangles. So the first ray and the seventh ray meet in the sign of Aries, which also brings about an alignment from the highest center, Shambhala, all the way down to the mineral kingdom. So the highest and the lowest meet. There's a time of rending. Rending, this idea of a time of rending is highlighted in one of the um, ancient passages. As you know, the Tibetan often gives us ancient passages. And he gives us one that speaks of this rending as descriptive of what's going on in our planet now. And he says these rendings are very rare. This isn't something that occurs between every age, which we might imagine. No, it's a very rare occurrence. And he says that when it happens, hidden things are revealed, old forms die away, and the ancient landmarks are revealed. And the passage goes, this is a time of rending when the mountains which have sheltered fall from their high places and the voices of men are lost in the crash and thunder of the fall. So it's a potent time. It's not an easy time. To rend means to break. Often it's said with violence, meaning in this case, I would assume the violence or the destructive aspects that often come with the first ray influence, especially when it's combined with the seventh ray. We might think of it as a sword coming down from the heavens. The Christ said he comes to bring a sword. So perhaps this rending <clears throat> is an opportunity for those of us who <clears throat> have some understanding of what's going on from a perspective of the spiritual hierarchy to work to strengthen our alignment. I was reminded of this when I was walking through the park this morning on my way to work and saw a hunting dog off-leash standing still and pointing towards its prey, its expected prey. That was a symbol of alignment and an, a recommendation to myself and to all of us as we prepare for this higher interlude for this Waysac and Gemini full moons to do what we can to hold our alignment and to participate in this time of rending. So let's now work with our meditation.
Let's focus as a group upon the mental plane at the center of the evened arm cross of discipleship. And link in thought as a soul, a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in this Triangles Meditation Group. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy and sound together the affirmation of love. In the center of all love, I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world. Visualization. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the triangle in which you are working as an essential part of the worldwide Radiant Triangles Network. Hold the consciousness immersed within the light of the group soul, the heart of love, which underlies and infuses the network. Now lift the consciousness to the world teacher who stands as the heart of love at the center of the hierarchy and at the center of each triangle.
hold the group mind open to this inpouring energy of love, which comes from your triangle, the planetary network of triangles, the group soul, and the Christ. precipitation, visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network from point to point and flowing out through the network into the hearts and minds of people everywhere. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity, healing and transforming human consciousness, establishing right human relationships. Linking with the group, we project a line of energy towards the hierarchy and sound the mantra of unification. The sons of men are one, and I am one with them. I seek to love, not hate. I seek to serve and not exact due service. I seek to heal, not hurt. Let pain bring due reward of light and love. Let the soul control the outer form and life and all events and bring to light the love that underlies the happenings of the time. Let vision come and insight. Let the future stand revealed. Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail. Let all people love. Visualize the whole planet, a light 
with triangles. See new triangles being formed everywhere. Distribution, sounding the great invocations, silently or aloud. And as we repeat each stanza, let's visualize the network acting as a link between the world of spiritual realities and humanity, as a channel through which light, love, and divine purpose may flow into human consciousness. From the point of light, within the mind of God. Let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you, everyone. And now I'd like to welcome Philip, Philip Lindsay. Hello, Philip. Hi, Kathy. Hi, everyone. Thanks for hey, inviting. Well, yeah, well, thank you for being here. Uh, so I just have, uh, we're just going to have a little discussion here, um, and then we'll open it up to the larger group. Um, mm -hmm. 
on the theme of the first ray, which is yeah. very potent in this uh, at this time and in this particular energetic field of Aries. And I know that you wrote a book on the Shambhala impacts a number of years ago, and you've clearly reflected much on the qualities of the first ray of will or power. So could you share a few thoughts with the group of some of your understanding of this first ray and its nature? Sure, it's something I've been looking at for decades and still don't fully understand, of course, but this is one of the two rays, as you said before, that comes through Aries, first and seventh ray. And um, it's ruled by Vulcan and Pluto. Vulcan, the so-called sacred planet, and Pluto, a non-sacred planet. Pluto being the more the, the power part of the will-power equation, and Vulcan, the will aspect. So... Um, one is a destroyer, Pluto, and Vulcan, the smithy, who works at his forge, is the, is the builder. So when you have builder-destroyer like that together, that is the, the, uh, the essence of regeneration. And mm -hmm. so the first ray in coming through Aries in spring, Aries, the first sign of the spiritual zodiac in spring, um, where the regeneration nature takes place uh where the regeneration of ideas um that emanate you know that precipitate from the from the buddhic planes or the mental plane takes place um there is one expression of the of the first ray anyway and of course um the it, it is connected deeply of course to to shambhala where the so-called will of god is known the planetary crown chakra and um i wrote that book shambhala impacts in, in 1999 uh, in fact it was it's my third choice i had a couple of other books that i was going to write first masters of the seven rays and, and another one but i decided shambhala was the most important to put out and it, and it came out in fact on the Wiesak full moon of 2000, which was the fifth Shambhala impact, we're told. Um, that's five of those impulses or impacts over a period of around about 21 million years. So the book is about the three main Shambhala impacts that culminated in 1945, and then the subsequent ones. And I discuss how, how the hierarchy um, took a calculated risk in conference with Shambhala, of course, with the Council Chamber of Shambhala, in allowing the first ray energy to go direct to humanity without the filter of the masters of wisdom to, to break it down. And it was a calculated risk because the point of least resistance for the first ray is the lower destroyer aspect without any building balance, if you like. And for for totalitarianism and, and and so forth to to express through people in all walks of, of life or in all fields of human endeavor. Yet they obviously knew what they were doing. <laughs> and and so here we are. And and we are coming up to 2025, the centennial conference of the Masters of Wisdom in the Council Chamber of Shambhala 
which will in itself bring about another release of first ray energy. Um, and you could call it a, a mini Shambhala impact, for instance. Um, uh, so, uh, and we are really right in that field right now. We're only a couple of years before that, that time. <laughs> so it, that first ray energy is being invoked. Uh, we are told that the first ray is out of incarnation at this time. Um, and it will be coming back into incarnation. I'm not quite sure exactly where, where DK, when DK says it will, I don't think he does mention it actually. It leaves it open to our speculation, but I suspect sometime this century. Um, of course, there are smaller cycles of the rays and larger ones, but um, apparently most first ray souls are out of incarnation at the moment. Anyway. So there are some initial ideas uh, about the first ray. Uh, when you consider the Vulcan quality of Vulcan who, Vulcan, who is the smithy who hammers away at the forge, creating objects of beauty uh, for the other gods or weapons for, for the planet Mars or the god Mars, um, it's really all about the, the instruments for the use of the soul that, that Vulcan forges. And it's an undiscovered planet, but it has had many different sightings. Uh, but it, when it is finally officially declared discovered, then its, it's um, role in human affairs will become far more prominent as all the other planets have been discovered, for instance, Uranus in 1781, and its uh, theme of revolution and, and uh, reform. And, and likewise with Vulcan when it finally is officially discovered. So the first few, few um, full moon festivals of the, of the year do have a bit of first ray associated with them. For instance, the second Reset festival uh, Taurus, the Taurus Full Moon Festival. Uh, Taurus is ruled esoterically by Vulcan. And of course, there's a great linking up between uh, um, Sanakumara, the Buddha, and the Christ in a, in a triangle at that time uh, that will bring through a lot of first ray energy, no doubt, as part of the uh, precipitation of the plan and and how it filters down through all the ashrams disciples aspirants initiates and eventually down into to humanity the what i'd like to call the annually annually amended planetary plan um, that's dependent upon the tweaking the plan from the previous year according to how humanity responded to the previous year's impulse and so it goes on. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting to think about the, that there have already been sightings of Vulcan, for example, and he relates Vulcan in one instance to the soul itself. And so I wonder if this time in planetary history wherein the Tibetan does indicate that the soul will be discovered in, in the coming who knows how long, but not that 
far into the future. Mm. I wonder if it will sort of coincide with the discovery of Vulcan, you know, the, the, the actual recognition of Vulcan as a sacred planet. So yeah, I think... Perhaps. Yeah, I, I think he uh, said that, uh, that France as a fifth-ray soul would be mm -hmm. the place where that would happen, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, let's see, I have a couple of other questions here. Um, could you enlarge a little bit more on the effects that you've seen within humanity um, as a planetary center as a result, which you might attribute to these Shambhala impacts? Well, uh, the last three the or yeah the, the third fourth and fifth shambhala impacts came in this last century yeah. uh, 1945 1975 2000 which is extraordinary when you think that the first two spanned 20 odd million years yeah <laughs> um you know the yeah. the the second one at the at the great um flooding of Atlantis and the first one at the individualization of humanity back in Lemuria. Um, so I see a lot of the destruction of Pluto, which is the esoteric ruler of Pisces, which happens to coincide with the ending of the age of Pisces, of the 2160 year cycle of Pisces. So um, it's been a, a good coincidence in terms of breaking down all the crystallizations of the past age um, using the Pluto and the Shambhala energy or Pluto as an expression of Shambhala energy in its regenerative, regenerating sense um, because you cannot rebuild anew until the old is broken down. And there's where Vulcan and Pluto work with each other. Both planets or both, both deities mythologically who work underground, hidden from from sky. Vulcan, the closest yeah. planet to the sun, and Pluto, the furthest planet from the sun. Yeah. yeah. So that that's one expression. But of course, the as one paradigm crumbles, another paradigm is emerging, and that emerging paradigm for the Aquarian cycle is where the the Vulcan energy of the first ray. Is, is building the new civilization. Of course, the second ray is called the builder as well, but I'm, I'm speaking from our first ray point here of the, the, uh, the initiatory energy of the first ray, which is like the initiatory energy of Aries to, to initiate, to begin things. Um, yeah, I understand that this Shambhala, these Shambhala impacts principally pour into the mental vehicle of humanity. And I wonder if you could share with the group any of the challenges that you see that might be the effect of this tremendous stimulation upon the mental vehicles of, in many cases, an unprepared humanity. Mm, that's a very good question, Kathy. Um, because DK does tell us in astrology that the energy of Pluto is first felt in the mental body, which is an interesting statement because he also gives Pluto as the ruler of the base chakra, 
um, mm -hmm. and which I kind of think of as the as, as the seed of mind buried in the lower centers, um, similar to Uranus ruling the second center, actually. But um, so the increasing uh, mental problems of humanity, which DK does say elsewhere, uh, as the race becomes more mentally polarized, will be a result. Um, for instance, schizophrenia um, and many other mental ailments will be yeah. a result of humanity realigning, uh, courtesy of, of uh, Pluto and the Shambhala energy. Um, yeah. Of course, the first ray has a connection to the fifth ray or the fifth plan, mental plan. Um, so it has a, a direct connection uh, of, of the will working through the mind. And of course, humanity becoming willful in a lower sense. Yeah. Mentally willful or mentally um, with an ED fix, you know, with a, a fixed, fixed viewpoint. These are some of the shadows of the first ray. And the will to power, you know, it, it can be stimulating that in in the human kingdom. And sometimes that is difficult to handle, you know, difficult, difficult to manage. Yeah. As we see in many, many instances, it can lead to problems. And there's also, as you said, this overstimulation, which is an issue for spiritual co-workers because we're also involved in many practices that increase the um, influx of energies. And so that's why the Tibetan always was careful to guard people against undertaking any spiritual practices that are, he considered unwise, such as trying to raise the Kundalini prematurely, doing long breathing exercises. All these things are to be really guarded against during mm -hmm. this Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's pretty playing with fire with the first ray. Exactly. Um, before we open it up, I just wanted to give you the opportunity to, to talk a little bit about your recent um, conference, the mm. European Unity Conference, which you and others helped to organize. And... Uh, I wondered if you could just share a little bit with the group, any who might not know about it, um, some uh, some of what your intention was and what you feel was the impact uh -huh. of the conference. Well, um, I organ it was. I've been thinking about it for a couple of years, but in the last year, it really took shape, and we created the conference European Unity towards Global Unity. Um, under the auspices of the Aquarian Wisdom Center in Portugal. And we organized, we spent a few months, the last few months organizing that. And, and we, we uh, started the first day on, on April the 1st through to the fourth, four day conference. And we had people from all over Europe and the United States, yourself, of course, who was one of the contributors Kathy gave a great talk, everyone, by the way. Uh, I encourage you to listen to her, her talk that's available on video on our website soon. I think you're on the second day, were you, Kathy, or the third day? Uh, I think the third day. Right. So 
we've just today been able to get the first day of the conference recordings available on our website. I'm just going to post a link on okay. the chat okay. if you want. Um, well, where is it now? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's fine. Just a second. Um, and it's to the participants page. Uh, I'll just post the whole message actually that I just sent to, to someone. And um, where are we now? Where's the chat? Oh. And they can probably contact you through your website, through your website well, as well. As they... To, they can, there's an email address here, not my, they can contact me if they want to, but uh, the, uh, the email address of the Aquarian Wisdom Center is there too. So okay. there it is posted. Uh, no, hang on, okay. there it is posted now. Okay, um, great. There's the link is up the top there somewhere, yeah. Um, so right. the first day of meditations and presentations are available um, at that link, and you can start to work through them if you want to. Um, then the other three days follow in the next two weeks because the videos take a long time to edit. But um, so we organized it, but we also had help from uh, co-workers, particularly in Germany. Uh, Uta Gabe was a, a major uh, linking uh, energy between various individuals and groups. So uh, we were all in close concert with each other behind the scenes before, during, and, uh, and during the conference. <laughs> and we had, we had diametrically opposed views from, from Russian presenters and Ukrainian presenters. We had people from Italy presenting and Greece, uh, New Zealand even, uh, USA of course, and, and myself, uh, which I'm based in Portugal at the moment, but I of course have British and Australian citizenship. But we covered, we looked at Europe as, as an entity that's in fragmentation in many ways for the last couple of decades, really. And the need for, well, there was a particular quote of the Tibetans that the conference was based on about the teachings going out or the demonstration of a, um, what was the exact quote, a, a um, unified Europe. I'm sorry, I'm not, I can't. Think of the exact quote there, but it was you can see it at the in the introductory talk. Um, the exact quote I've got a power, there's a PowerPoint presentations that you can click on for all of these. You can see the, the PowerPoint presentation on video, but you can also PowerPoint presentations have been provided there too. And so it was about basically the esoteric teachings going out from Europe, the fact that there are seven of the 14 new proposed schools in the future Aquarian age are based in Europe. Yeah. And, and so, um, but basically what unfolded over the few days, we had some very difficult conversations. We had some round table discussions. Um, and by the end of the conference, everyone felt that a really solid seed for the future had been uh, created. And that was the intention, of course. Aries is the seed. The seed is sown or created in Aries. Um, mm -hmm. From we came forth from the plane of mind, and we 
we attempted to rule, so to speak. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, was a, it was uplifting. Um, people were inspired, both participants and presenters, to keep on doing this work as well. And so the dust is still settling where a lot of us are still really integrating what happened because it was a very powerful, um, subjective, um, uh, energetic flow that went through the whole group. We, we decided to to tackle some really difficult questions, which which uh, other groups in other conferences um, have not done to date, and and so despite the the various perspectives of the global situation or the European situation, I think um, we 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 did okay. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Could I ask you um, to just explain to the group, uh, because I think it's really important, the visualization you used, um, the visualization of the triangle. Oh, Could yeah. you just say a few words about that? And then we're going to open it up for a few minutes to, right. I think some people have questions. Yeah, well, the Tibetan gave, um, as most of you know, read my newsletters, the, the uh, triangle of the three nations that would lead a um, excuse me, the world into the Aquarian age, uh, Britain, USA, and Russia. Two of those nations are Aquarian souls, so most suitable for leading into the Aquarian age. And so um, the meditation every morning related to this triangle and visualization of the harmonization between the three points of that triangle. Obviously, the... Uh, UK or Britain and, and USA uh, are polarized uh, on the opposite side of, of Russia. And so visualizing those points and also visualizing the, the planetary center called Geneva, the proposed heart center of the planet, of the five planetary centers, uh, at the, as the eye in the triangle, the harmonizing eye in the triangle. And of course, Speaking of the first ray, Geneva is a first ray soul, second ray personality, an ideal combination. And the great jet of water, jet do, that uh, is the symbol of Geneva, is a very first ray symbol. Uh, great power shooting upwards uh, like the number one. And um, so tapping into that, that heart energy in the center of Europe, Switzerland, of course, um, was, I think, a very powerful uh, harmonizing factor that we, we tapped into every day. And mm -hmm. um, it, was a quite an, it's, it was quite an occult meditation, I think, because it, it wasn't the easiest of meditations because there are various factors that you have to visualize and, and the way you direct energy. But I think it was a good start. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, um, and I'm sure people will contact you for more information. And now I'd just like to open it up for a few minutes to anyone who has a question. If you'd like to raise your hand, you can click on the reactions button. I believe that's the one to click on. And AP uh, says, um, which center is, is New York if Geneva is the heart center? Well, we propose that New York is the Ajna center. Some might disagree yeah. with that. But it's the central 
monetary center involved in two different triangles that the Tibetan gives. And so it makes sense as that central point that it would be wise to consider it the Ajna. Um, I don't see any hands raised yet. So let's see if there's any other questions. So obviously, just while we're waiting questions, um, as the Aquarian age unfolds, as we go into the Aquarian age, which hasn't quite started yet, but we're technically or astronomically, um, the souls, the Aquarian soul nations, which also includes the Netherlands, will start to come into their own as far as the, their soul, their real soul purpose time to keep in. Yeah, and I would think the seventh, ray, the seventh ray soul nations of Russia also, that would certainly. Yes, uh, well, of course, the seventh ray cycle that started in 1945 is rapidly gaining strength now. And I think it's yeah. quite evident with Russia. Yeah. All right, well, um, our group oh, seems to be. Someone just happy. Um, I have heard the throat center for New York, um, but that's the throat center for the United States. New York is a dual center. It acts as the throat center for the United States and the Asna center for the planet. Yeah. Um, somebody's asking about um the triangles let's see where is it i lost that can you enumerate the triangles in alice bailey's or where in the books they are well i could just say that there's yeah. mention of those triangles primarily in esoteric astrology in uh, various parts of the book but at the end there's a whole section on the different planets and on the, the science of triangles and, yeah the science 100 of page section on the science of triangles yeah. But there's, we have many pamphlets and articles and a, a bulletin on the work of triangles a little closer to home, it, the triangles as it works out through humanity. So if you would like any of those booklets, um, anyone can request that and we'll be happy to email you links or send you paper copies. Um, I think there was another question, is there? Oh, I don't know about the last three dates. The last three dates? Well, the last message is talking about uh, second, third last message. Yeah, we, I, I mentioned 1945, 1975, and 2000. They were the last three impacts. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Which I enumerate in my book called The Shambhala Impacts. Um, he also talks about the 18... 25 being an impact, but mm. perhaps that's um, somewhat different. Because I used to think of it as 1945 as well, but then when I researched it, it seemed to me that he was talking about the first impact being more 1825. That's true. That's true. It started in 1825 to develop yeah. and culminated in 1945. So, for, yeah. uh, it's, so it's one impact. But um, also in 1825, it was the start of a second race cycle, or close to that time, it was the second race cycle as well. Uh -huh. So, um, yeah, uh, good that you qualified that. Yeah, and 
I've, I've wondered because he doesn't say one way or the other, but since we've had a Shambhala impact in 75 and in 2000, I think a case could be made that yes. 2025 would be yes. another Shambhala impact, right? Another mini one. Or maybe a major one. You know? <laughs> maybe. But the other point is that 2025 is the halfway mark of the um, 49 year cycle of decision where the Masters of Wisdom yeah. make a decision around the sixth yeah. initiation. And 225 yeah. is the exact midpoint uh, from the last decision cycle, which was 2001, I think, or 2000, 2001. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone's asking where to read about the Shambhala impact in 2000. Well, externalization of the hierarchy has a little, but, you know, it doesn't really get specific about it. As far as um, I possibly I've mentioned in a few essays and uh, articles on my website, and of course, also in the book. But I can't yeah. remember just exactly what I said in the book. Well... I think maybe we'll close now, extending a great thank you to you, Philip, and to the group, and really appreciate um, the work that you're doing, and so keep it up. <laughs> Likewise, Kathy, the work of the Triangle is so important, and I'm so glad to see so many people turning up to your meetings. Yeah, it's really nice. To, Triangles is a, a service that everyone can participate in, and so it's probably quite, um, as it should be, kind of magnetic. Yeah. So why don't we just close by linking up with the planetary group and visualizing the planet surrounded by a network of golden triangles, followed by sounding of the OM. Thank you, everyone.